Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good football Friday morning. Eagles fans, how are you today? Getting ready for some f- Sunday football action. You got the Mac and Mac guys to chop it up with you for the next two hours. Or at least the show's going to do two hours. It might not be Mac and Mac yeah. the entire time. We're going all hands on deck here today. Uh, we'll give you the details as we go along. But uh, Johnny Mac, yesterday, you had practice duty. Good to see Jordan Davis back out there on the field. Uh, and good to hear from him again afterwards because he's just a an excitable kid who loves uh, playing football, and uh, it was good to hear him again. The first question I have for you today is, will we see him on Sunday with that big 9-0 on his back in the game for the Philadelphia Eagles? I think so. I don't see why not. Obviously, I don't think the Eagles are going to let on till Saturday at 4 o'clock, but... Um, he certainly seems healthy. He certainly seems happy. He certainly seems ready to go. Um, and, you know, the one issue I think that everyone had, and you kind of see it with, with big guys, you see it all the time with Joel Embiid when he gets hurt and, you know, conditioning and is he going to be ready to go? And I think that was the most positive part. Uh, Jordan uh, uh, rolled out. He lost 20 pounds during his rehab he's been you know the the training and and strength staffs took advantage of the time uh sort of dual roles to rehab the ankle plus uh work on his conditioning and he's lost uh 20 pounds so uh that was the one thing i can i was concerned about maybe the eagles wanted you know to ramp him up um more than a week, you know, to get that conditioning down. But it seems like the conditioning isn't a problem. It's gotten better. 
uh, as he was injured. So I see no reason why he shouldn't be out there against Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. Um, and that's a good development because now you have two big nose tackles in there and you can play those five band fronts and you can, you know, put them both on a pitch count and use them both uh, however you want. Um, I, I think it's, it's big. And even, even bigger than this week, Jody, I think long-term it's big because those are both really, really good players. I'm talking about Jordan Davis and Linval Joseph. Um, and they're players the Eagles need to play the style of defense they want to play. They need that player. And they have two of them now, and that's a, a big positive. Different people uh, are, are certainly built, uh, are different uh, physiques. Uh, there are some people, if someone loses 20 pounds, you go, oh, my God, where did you go? And yeah. it ends out like a sore thumb. A guy the size of Jordan Davis, you might not notice immediately that they've dropped 20 pounds. Uh, it certainly was reported that way. He said he dropped uh, weight during the um, rehab that he had to go through. Could you tell just by looking at him? No. Well, yeah, well, number one, he's a you know he's a you know he's a former Georgia player. Obviously, uh, I think he's from South Carolina, but um, you know he doesn't like the cold, so it was cold yesterday. Uh, so he was bundled up, um, um, and uh, you know he's just a big guy. But I, I, you know, when he's before he lost the 20 pounds, he's not one of those guys you mentioned. Everybody's different. There are certain guys that look, you know, they're 350 pound guys. They're big. They look a little bit overweight. Jordan Davis never looked like that. Like he's a guy who can carry the weight on his frame because he's so enormous. He's so big. Jordan Mylotta the same way. When you say Jordan Mylotta, you don't say, Oh, there's a big, uh, 380 pound guy but he, he he can carry 380 pounds and it doesn't look crazy um jordan's the same way jordan davis um so number one he never looked drastically overweight to begin with um just because of the huge size he has and the frame he has so no he, he he's always looked he's always looked good so when people talked about conditioning they weren't talking about the way he looked, or at least people who see him every day. They were talking about he didn't play that much at Georgia. Right. And he didn't play that much at Georgia because they were so deep and so good, and they didn't have to play him that much. Um, so I think that and was – And be honest, he didn't play that much for the Eagles either. No. Uh, they, they've been using him. <clears throat> he's not him. used to it. And, and there is something to – you got to get used to it. I mean – you know, long distance runners, you know, they're, they're in tremendous shape, but they still got to get used to going to 26.2 when they got to go uh, to do a marathon. You got to work up to it. And same thing with Jordan Davis. And if you don't think that it's a strain to play defensive tackle in the national football league, look at a guy like Fletcher Cox, just a couple of weeks ago when they hadn't added the depth to the defensive tackle position when Jordan Davis first went out and he had to play uh, 70 <clears> snaps. <throat> he was like, I feel like, you know what? Uh, Cause he just, yeah. you're not used to taking that many reps, that many hits, that many poundings in the national football league. And Fletcher has been doing it for a decade. His conditioning has to be up to par. 
and he still got worn down by the amount of snaps that he had to play. So the Eagles have the ability now with Jordan Davis coming back to sub liberally uh, to have guys in and out of that lineup and keep everybody fresh. And they're going to need it for Sunday against uh, the Tennessee Titans because Derrick Henry comes to town. Number two rushing back in the National Football League um, has been the best back in the league. You want to say last two years, five years, wherever you want to draw the line, chances are you're going to say Derrick Henry's name. He's been that good. And the Eagles have had some issues, not a week in, week out, not a this is the glaring hole on the team. But to ignore it would also be unfair and inaccurate. This is not a strength of the Philadelphia Eagles stopping the run. The first week that they added Sue and Linval Joseph, they certainly were better at it. I think they added a little energy into it. Uh, this past week, the Packers, A, didn't rush it all that often because the Eagles grabbed an early lead. So their amount of running was going to come back to the pack a little bit. A.J. Dillon, when he ran it and is a very comparable back to Derrick Henry, and if they're both big, strong, physical backs, ran it pretty darn effectively when he ran it. Derrick Henry is going to be the key to this game, Johnny Mac, unless the Eagles can do what they did last week, which was get out to a two touchdown lead before you blink. It's going to be Derrick Henry left, Derrick Henry right, and Derrick Henry up the middle for Tennessee. Yeah, and that's how Tennessee wants to play. You know, it's funny. I've been joking all week. The first thing everything says is to Mike Rabel team, toughness, physicality. That's the first thing they say. It's almost like you have to say it. Uh, but it's real. It's also real. I mean, that's the type of player he is. That's the type of way he wants his team to be. I talked to A.J. Brown about this for a long time. He He wants his team to play that way. He wants his team to be tough and more physical, um, and he builds his team that way. Um, and that's how they play. Um, and you're right. And, and by the way, they've been very successful. This will be the fourth consecutive year they've made the playoffs, I, I believe. Uh, last year they were the number one seed before the disappointing uh, ouster in the playoffs. They're a very good team, um, and they play that way. But when you play that way, and I talk about it all the time, there is a smaller margin for error. And one of those smaller margins is you got to play from the lead by and large, or at least stay within one score. Uh, so you can stick with that running game so you can be disciplined with it. Um, and yeah, if the Eagles get up by two scores, two touchdowns, then it changes the whole flow of the game. And Tennessee's probably in some trouble. Um, you know, one of the issues, uh, uh, the Titans are a little bit banged up. Nate Davis showed up. Uh, we talked to Teron Davenport yesterday. Um, their offensive line, not great, uh, but they have two good players. Nate's one of them. Um, and all of a sudden, he shows up on, on the injury report with a knee. Uh, did not participate, so I think that would be very, very big. There's certain guys, Jeffrey Simmons didn't practice defensively. That would be a huge deal, but... Um, all indications I get from Tehran and other people down there is he's going to play. Uh, Derrick Henry didn't practice, but that was not injury related. He's going to play. Uh, which, um, by the way, how many guys did the Eagles have listed under rest yesterday? Yeah, well, that's been all year. That hasn't changed. I said, you know, from week one, that's not changing. Same guy, same rest. Wednesday's turned into Thursday late in the season. Uh, before it was the Wednesday practice. Now right. it's the Thursday practice. That's not changing. That's going to continue. 
Uh, and the Eagles, by and large, have stayed very healthy. It's interesting. They're, you take out the rest players, and their uh, injury report looks much better than the Titans, but most of their injuries are on injured reserve, or in the case of C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he might be headed to injured reserve. Who knows? Um, but we know he's out. We know Dallas Goddard's out. We know Avante Maddox is out. So most of their injuries are more clearly defined. Um, it's going to be an interesting game, Jody. You know, we'll get to it. I'm only going to be here for the first hour, but um, I haven't picked the Eagles to lose all season. I, I'm, I'm, I, I had a really difficult time with this one. Um, I, you know, for a lot of reasons. And one of them is there's no juice to these intra-conference games. Like there's no, there's no, you, you know, with the Giants coming up next week, it's the Giants. Tennessee's a better team. Tennessee's a better team, but I guarantee there's going to be more juice for the Giants than, than Tennessee. And you see this across the league. It's just, you don't see a team much. There's no real, except for AJ Brown. Obviously, he wants to play very well against this team. Yeah, I was going to. Hey, you, thanks. You went there for me. AJ Brown and well, is one guy though. It's not. Is every, it really though, John? That was one of the questions I wrote down today. Last week, we or two weeks ago, we saw um, Nick Giriani get overly excited after the game when they came from behind and beat the Colts, and he said all the right things leading up to the game, and then. All of a sudden, the emotion burst out of him when the game was over. So you knew he was keeping it under wraps. Uh, we took some uh, points here on our stream. I took calls on WIP. Oh, Sirianni called a bad guy. Sirianni was too emotional during that. It, it showed in the play calling, which I thought was blatantly overstated. I don't really believe that. Was there some t- Maybe, but people were, oh, that's the only thing Sirianni worried about. Being the Colts, that's why they called the game the way they did. No, I don't. Not really. Um, but do you think there's any chance that the play calling slides A.J. Brown's way, that they will attempt to get – now, getting A.J. Brown the ball, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's usually a very good thing. But do you think they'll overdo it in, in an attempt to let him have the kind of game he wants against his former squad? I, I don't think they're going to overdo it. I think it's natural to slide it in that direction because a Tennessee's really good at stopping the run. They're really good again. Uh, they're really bad at stopping the pass. So number one, uh, in theory, you would think you'd want to throw the ball against this defense. Um, and he's your best receiver. So I think some of it is just natural. Um, I don't think – I think it was more – I think it's a bigger deal with the head coach because the head coach is the head coach, and the head coach can put his thumb on the scale. And the head coach, it's a big deal when he sees something as a as a coach. Uh, A.J. Brown, as I said, is just one player and his receiver. Uh, and receivers by nature are at the mercy of, of a lot of people to get involved in the game, starting with the quarterback and the coach and the offensive coordinator and the play caller. Um, so – you know, I think it's a it's a bigger deal with the head coach. I, you know, I see this all the time. I've seen it for years. That's it's not just this week. It, it it happens every week all across the NFL for every team. There are obviously there are rivalry games, and obviously Dallas week is a bigger deal around Philadelphia than Tennessee week. Um, but you see these interconference games, and yeah, there's not as much juice. There, it's real. There's not as much juice in these games. You'll see it with your Jets. I think your Jets are going to go into 
Minnesota and throw for 350 yards against one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. And Jody McDonald, I'm not going to speak for you, but you're probably going to get really excited by that. And then next week, and I don't know who the Chats have next week, it's going to come down to, you know, it's going to come back down to reality, um, especially if it's an AFC East game. Um, same thing in the NFC East. I, there's, there's just not as much juice to these games, and it's true. It really is. All right. I think the juice, if the Eagles can't get juiced up by facing the best back in the National Football League, shame on them. I talk well, with- I, I don't mean there's, you know, they're completely looking. I just mean compared to typical, compared to other games, there's less juice to these inter, in, intra-conference games. All right. We'll, we'll we only compare. play 17 of them. After this one is over and done, we'll compare to what the Giants are next week because that should be a juiceful game. It's a division game. It's a rivalry game. We'll see if it's there's that much more juice in, uh, to it. Um, Derrick Henry's average numbers this year, not his best games, not his worst games, his average games. He averages 22 carries per game. You think he's doing more or less against Eagles this week? Uh, can you tell me the score in the fourth quarter? That would be that's up to you, big guy. I'm yeah. asking well, you that's to look into the crystal ball, and that includes that's, the crystal ball of the score, which dictates the number of carries that he gets. So the number is over under 22. You're going on, under or over? Uh, I would go over. Um, but again, and that's why those things are, are are largely meaningless to me because it depends on the – the, it depends on 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 how the game goes. If Tennessee is being successful and Tennessee's playing well, then I'm going to give you a hint. I'm going to pick Tennessee to win the game, so that's why I'm going over. Then he's going over. If they're not, if they're behind by two scores, then he's going under. Um, I think they're going to be somewhat successful. Um, I can't pick the Eagles to win every single stinking game, so I I, I, I feel like I need to pick somebody else at some point. So this week seems uh, to be the best in uh, the best way to go. So from that standpoint, I think they're going to win the game. So I think he's going to go over that number. If they get behind by two scores, Jody, eh, not getting that number. Okay. Yeah. 4.2 yards per carry going over on that one too. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles um, and, and it's interesting because Derek has hit this lull, uh, I think it was 2.2 versus the Bengals. He's been under he, – he might be under three. I don't have it in front of me. Over the past three games um, where guys have, have – have, he's he's had a really difficult time. Part of that is, is the Titans' offensive line. But the Eagles aren't going to play that style of defense. They, they're going to play the light boxes and hope to – so they're not, they're not equipped uh, to do that. And they're okay with that. That's part that's built into their philosophy. Right. They, so they may be. I'm not. And Jonathan Gannon, the other day you were there when he gave his explanation as to how the Bengals um, were able to hold Derrick Henry to two points. He never once said because they put an extra guy in the box. Not once. Now he's a defensive coordinator in the National Football League. He knows how to break down tape. He knows exactly when down. He gave this long-winded dancing all around it without ever coming out and saying, well, they dedicated an extra guy to the run. Why? 
because he's not going to do that on Sunday. And when Derrick Henry goes for 120 yards and rushes for five yards a clip, you better hope it's only one touchdown and not two Eagles fans. Jonathan Gannon is going to have to answer that question. From Johnny Mack or somebody else come uh, next happy Tuesday, well, why didn't you commit an extra guy to the running game when Derrick Henry was running it the way he was running it? He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Birds 365. Jay Mack stand for the first hour. Then he's got to run and get inside information from Nick Sirianni. Barrett Brooks is going to join me in hour number two. Our guest in hour number two is going to be Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice. Our guest in hour number one, and he's up next, is our very own Joe Sandlin-Aquito. He jumps in on Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh. And go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. A football Friday edition of Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guy, John McMullen and Jody McDonald, that we are lucky enough to have 
Our very own. He writes for JacobSports.com, The Inquirer, about 42 different boxing <laughs> publications, uh, but one of the hardest working men in journalism. Jose Laquito joins us here on Birds 365. What What's the garb you got on? You, you wear in the Army today? Very nice. There, there we you go. go. Army, yeah. Army West Point weekend, guys. The Baltarage is back. Yeah. How about the Baltarage. <laughs> one, uh, uh, Army, Navy, always one of the most exciting uh, uh, things in college football, I think. Um, I don't know how many people agree with me, but that's always uh, a big part of college football for me. Uh, but we're talking pro football, uh, Joe. Uh, we're talking the 10 and 1 Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you heard me. I mentioned I have not picked the Eagles to lose a game this year. I picked them, you know, to not cover uh, spreads and things like that. I have not picked them to lose a game. Uh, so for all the people that think I hate the Eagles, I know they're a really good team. This game, though, I look at and I say, eh, I got a I got a little bit of a concern. And it's not the Eagles are a better team. A couple things I mentioned to Jody, he doesn't buy my you know, there's just not as much juice with intra-conference games. I think that's part of it. I also think, and you're a boxing guy, and you hear this all the time, styles make fights. And the style uh, of the Tennessee Titans is not what the Eagles are built for. Is that fair to say? Incredibly fair to say. Um, first off, it's a, it's a style that travels well and can win in various places. It is a running defensive oriented style. It is a style um, that works obviously well with the personnel. Um, I got a chance to meet and I've gotten the chance to know Derek Henry through my association with the Maxwell club. I've been next to Derek. Derek has thighs the size of tree trunks. <laughs> he, he Plus is, is he Earl is, Campbell since Earl Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. And, and bigger and possibly faster than Earl. Uh, and I love Earl Campbell. Um, this is a team that is incredibly well coached uh, by, by Rabel and, and the staff that they have there. They don't always have the best personnel, but they somehow, some way find ways to stay competitive. I think there was a game earlier this season, correct me if I'm wrong. They went into overtime with Kansas City, correct? They went into correct. overtime with Kansas City. Yeah, yeah they outplayed just- Kansas City. They yeah, yeah and, but, but yet there was a span of time where I think they had a, a first down uh, with like five minutes left in the first half. And then for the rest of the game, <clears throat> only had one more first down. Yet they somehow, some way stayed competitive with arguably the most explosive offensive team in the NFL in the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, they're going to have their hands full with Jeffrey Simmons, which, uh, a- again, John, you know far more football than I do, but will he be the best defensive lineman that the Eagles face this season? Uh, he's so up far? there. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's top five defensive lineman in the entire league. So, um, yeah, it's tough to get better than uh, Jeffrey Simmons. What I also will say and what I like about this Eagles staff is their ability to adjust. Uh, Coach Gannon, Coach Sirianni, they are not old school fixed on my way or the highway. They're not guys that are locked into something. I like to believe that Gannon saw the type of job that the Cincinnati Bengals did. And again, I think I counted at one time eight or nine in the box. Oh yeah, against Derek uh, Derek Henry. Um, yeah, that's not happening with the Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> well, 
I, I maybe do you think maybe mm. Gannon will even toy around with that look on a few occasions? Mm. No, no, they don't want to play that. They don't want I, to play. I that. give John credit because he has not moved off this one iota. Not gonna happen. They're not gonna add an extra linebacker to the field. They're not gonna put nine guys in the box. If they are, then Reed Blankenship's gonna be the most important player in this game. Because mm-hmm. it's going to be the extra safety guy coming down to be in the box. He's <coughs> going to be able to tackle Derrick Henry one-on-one. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. There were some things that I liked about what he did uh, in the situation he was faced with against the Packers uh, Sunday night. Uh, you look at the long touchdown by Christian Watson. I believe it was Marcus Epps that originally covered him. Yeah, that Marcus got beat on Biden. the coverage, yeah. yeah. Blankenship took a wrong angle into taking him. I believe he came inside where he should have reared a little bit more outside. Um, and the other major concern, obviously, is, is, is and again, is a pet peeve of mine, is their special teams. Um, I have it in my mind. And it's a, it's a recurring nightmare. <laughs> They're in the mm. NFC Championship, hosting the San Francisco 49ers. They just go up 26-23 with 47 seconds left. And there's a kickoff that is returned the yard deep in the end zone. And you have N'Kobe Dean and, and Zach McPherson and, and Kayvon Wallace and, 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 and Kayron Johnson all, all merging down there. And just like Kishon uh, uh, Nixon did, they just get, they get smashed out of their lanes. Yeah. And you got a lane right up well, there. I was going to say, Joe, road. forget about a yard deep. They're taking it out five, six yards deep against the Eagles. <laughs> you, know, you know, people look at the, you know, Kayvon Wallace made a great play on Nixon. He wound up making the, uh, making a tackle on that play. But Kayvon Wallace had outside contain. He's the one that got blown out. So we're give, giving Nixon that lane to run through. So this is something there that I feel. Let's all agree. I mean, this has been a special team. They seem to be heading in a special direction, but I just can't. It's Philadelphia, and maybe it's the Philadelphia in me that's coming out, but I can't help but think it's going to be. I go back to, oh, my God, was it Horst Muehlman that missed Horst the extra Muehlman. point against the Night. Atlanta Falcons? And that, that, Night, yes, that nice game? Horst Muehlman reference. That's a tremendous suffer from I, I suffer from Horst Muehlman disease. Yeah. I, just, I can't look past those those situations that have happened in Eagles past. I mean, granted, again, that's past, and this is the this is the present. But uh, my inner my inner Philadelphia in me comes out. Um, yeah, that's and, there's and, been a lot of good things that happened to the Eagles on special teams. You know, Deshaun Jackson, obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah, my God, yeah. Um, since since then, but yeah, but but you harp on current, the bad things, yeah. With with this current situation. And and what what's happening here right now, it either it either gets addressed or again, again my fear in the back of my mind, my my very small mind, is that this could lead to the ruination of, of a great year. Here's why. And the, the Eagles are certainly this is certainly as close to a a Super Bowl uh, that you can get. I mean this is this is a Tennessee team uh, that. That's right now, I mean, obviously, it's the best team the Eagles will face in the AFC. And it's a great preview as to what possibly could be. I'm not saying it is. I don't think it is. I don't think the Titans are going to get out of the AFC. But it's as close to it. And this is a great test for the Eagles. Here's why. And, and, Mr. and Mr. McMullen, I think they're going to win. 
And I'm surprised Green Eagles hater too. Johnny, <laughs> I think Johnny's Eagles leaning are toward a, a loss. I haven't made my uh, prediction yet. But I will disagree with John. Uh, he might be right, but if he is, then shame on the Philadelphia Eagles if that's the case, that there's less juice for this game because it's an AFC opponent. It's not a rival game. The team that may be the biggest deterrent to the Philadelphia Eagles making the Super Bowl might just well be the San Francisco 49ers. Johnny's choice to come out of the NFC this year. That would be great. It's his choice against my choice in the NFC championship game, 49ers-Eagles, which is certainly what it looks like for me right now. The Tennessee Titans are a lot like the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Good defense, physical, punch you in the mouth, going to run the football down your throat, an offensive coordinator who is dedicated to the run. Um, their quarterbacks are similar. Jimmy G's not going for 450 against you. He's just going to dink and dunk and underneath and not turn the ball over. Sounds a lot like Ryan Tannehill to me. If you want to get prepped for San Francisco, they're not on the schedule. We talk so much about, oh, who the Eagles played? They haven't played anybody. Well, you play who you play. Your schedule's your schedule. They can't say, can we play San Francisco to prove ourselves? No, it doesn't work that way. We'll go ahead and beat Tennessee then. That's the most San Francisco-like team on the Eagles' schedule. There should be no uh, downturn for this game, lack of juice. It should be something they can use as an outstanding prep for upcoming playoff games, yay or nay. Oh, very much, yeah. Very much, yeah. Uh, and also, San Francisco is very well coached. I mean, D'Amico Ryan's, I don't know how much longer he's going to be defensive coordinator. He, but he's going to get a head coaching job yeah. before Jonathan Gannon. Yeah. I'll, I'll predict, don't know about that. I'll predict that, that for Johnny. you right now. I don't I'll know make about any that. wager Johnny Mac yeah. wants to make that D'Amico Ryan's gets a head coaching job before Jonathan Gannon. Uh, JG was ahead last year. I'll say that. He, he, he well, got the three interviews. Uh, and maybe I'm just you being mean, you mean like the, the uh Chiefs offensive coordinator who's had how many interviews now and how many jobs? Do well, you and some people will say, you know, that's one of the issues with the NFL with minority candidates, and some people will say, uh, Jonathan Gannon's got the uh, got the advantage from that standpoint as well. Hopefully, that's not the case, but you know, I always say with JG. Yeah, and even Jody McDonald saying, "Yeah, in five minutes, if I put him in a room with you, you'd be you'd be singing a different tune." He wins people over. He wins people over quickly, and that's half the battle when it comes to these interviews. Uh, that's one of the reasons I, you know, it's it's about people, it's about relationships, and the minute people walk in a room with Jonathan Gannon, they go, "Wow." Uh, that's yeah. That's kind of why he's where he is. To be honest, let me ask this: Why do you believe he may not toy around with the idea of of throwing eight eight in the box possibly Sunday? Well, their whole philosophy is is, and I I've said it for a long time now. To the point, people are probably tired of hearing it. They run the big Fangio scheme, which is about you know limiting explosive plays on the back end. They so they've already done this cost benefit analysis. They think it's more important to start stop the passing game than running game in the modern NFL. I don't I disagree with them. Um, on a on a given week like this right. week, it changes. Uh, but it long change. term, it doesn't change for the Eagles. Yeah, but long term, it doesn't. So that number one, that's their philosophy. They don't want to go. I've always compared it to playing Navy. You got your Army sweatshirt. Yeah. 
you know, you can't justify just preparing for Navy because not enough teams play like Navy. It's not that drastic in the NFL, but you can't really justify it from the Eagles. And by the way, it's not the Eagles, just the Eagles. Last time I checked, 12 or 13 teams were running the same scheme. They all believe the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's about playing light boxes um, and then quarters coverage, cover six, cover two on the back end, and disguising things as much as possible to the snap. Um, that's the Eagles' defensive philosophy. They're not going to change it for Derrick Henry for 60 minutes of football. That's, you know, and maybe I'm wrong. And, and, and I, I might even hope I'm wrong because Jody knows I, I don't even particularly like this scheme. It kind of yeah. drives me crazy at times, but that's what they believe. And, right. and, and to and this point, Joe, it's proven to be true. Yes. And I, I feel badly. I'm stepping on it. I need feel the need to repeat this again. I have no problem with the thought process, with the scheme, with their overall way of looking things. My problem is, inflexibility. And John says it like every show we do here on Birch 365. Not happening, not happening, not happening, not happening. That's the way they play defense and they're not going to change. That sucks. I'm sorry. Jonathan Gaffney, head coach, if you don't have the capability to be flexible on a given week and be able to tinker, not, not drastically change, tinker your defense, well, then you can't be my head coach. They, you're so married to your system that, oh, no, we're going to go down. This well, road. I, I, I will analysis. say. We can't possibly change. Then why the now, hell would I ever make you my head coach? The tinkering is built in. The tinkering is the variable fronts. The tinkering is more five-man fronts, more Linball, more Jordan Davis, less four-man fronts uh, because Derrick Henry's on the field. It, it's built in. The tinkering is built in. If, if quarters isn't working uh, uh, one week, maybe you go to cover six. Maybe you go to more cover two. There's, it, It's all built in. And from that standpoint, when you look at Vic's defense, at the height in Chicago specifically, well, yeah, I want to play that defense. I want to play that defense. But, you know, you also need Khalil Mack winning defensive player of the year. And you also need Akeem Hicks being the most underrated defensive lineman in football, just blowing up plays. And when you don't have that, and I'll go to Jody's Jets again, you'll see it this week with Jody's Jets and Mike White. When you don't have that and you're trying to play that defense, well, you're giving up 350, 380 yards to Mac Jones. You're probably going to give up 350 to Mike White. So it's kind of, you know, give me Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks at the prime of their careers. I freaking love this defense. Give, don't give me those guys. Eesh. Reed Blankenship, Josiah Scott, uh, you might have some issues. That is a great point, John. Yeah, because I'm, I'm over here and I'm thinking here, who's the personnel they bring in? Do you bring in Sean Bradley? Do you bring in the Kobe Dean? Patrick Johnson, Kidron Johnson, who do you bring in? Who do you rotate out? How do you do? I mean, how schematically would that work if they did bring the extra linebacker? In, yeah. They did well, yeah. 
Well, that's I mean, there's not exactly thing. it. It's <laughs> there's there's no there's no buckuses there to choose yeah, from. There's no buckuses there. And I'll <laughs> add just one more thing: if you don't practice something, it's probably not a good idea to roll it out there. I thought they tinkered. They don't practice tinkering. No, the tinkering is built in. That's why I said the tinkering. What they tink their tinkers already built in, and it has to do with the variable fronts, and it has to do with the different coverages. That stuff's already built in. That's stuff they practice. The other stuff that people want them to do, they don't practice. So it's probably not a good idea. And and my point is, shame on them. If that's the case, shame on them. They should practice and they should be ready to play it on a Sunday. What's the status of Jordan Davis? Is is he scheduled to be back? Um, I think he's going to be back. Um, He's he's practicing. They started his window. Um, okay. We won't know. You know how the Eagles are, Joe. We won't know until yeah. Saturday at four. Uh, my hunch is he'll play. He looks ready to go. He lost twenty pounds, so conditioning isn't isn't a problem. Okay. Um, and there's no reason not to play him. Um, okay. And and I think that makes them better because you have two big guys in the middle now, so you can play more five man fronts. Um, and everything in the NFL is personnel driven. So the Eagles have very, very good personnel up front. Um, and they have. Even, I'll, I'll tell you what, there were moments, there were moments in the Green Bay game. And I, I'm, I'm over here and I have one of them that I made note of, um, uh, specifically as I slowed down the play here, where Milton Williams and uh, not help me out here. Help me out with Sue's first name. Dominican Sue. Dominican Sue got completely shoved out of the way yeah. on A.J. Yeah. Jones' 20-yard run. Can I say, and, I don't know why he's here. Great guy, by the way, in Dominican Sue. He's got yeah. this reputation of being the scary guy and yeah. uh, stepping on Aaron Rodgers' head. He's actually yeah. a, a very nice man. He's actually yeah. – but I don't very know dope. why he's here. I don't, I don't know why he's here. Linball Joseph, I know why he's here. Um, they needed that type of player. And Dominican Sue, yeah, he helps Fletcher Cox um, mm-hmm. and and limit his reps. But I thought it was an over correction to a weird game. Come on, wait, weird they, game. They lost Marlon Tui Pelotu. Somebody had to pick up the Marvin Slack. Come on, that's why Dominican's here, John. You know that. Well, Marlon was playing nose tackle, so Marlon was playing Linball's position. He was the backup to Jordan Davis, and he couldn't play that. So I get why Linball's here. And I thought that was a great signing, and it's working out very well for the Eagles. And Dominican Sue, like Jody and I were talking about it, throw this out to you, Joe. Somebody can't dress this week, in theory, unless you're going to carry an all, another defensive lineman. And that's probably going to be Milton Williams, who is a good young player. He makes some mistakes. It, it probably hasn't jumped off the page like people would have liked. But mm-hmm. I think long-term, He's still a big part of this team's future and plans. And I don't want to take away reps from Milton Williams. Now, they could sit Robert Quinn. They probably could sit Robert Quinn. Yeah, He's done nothing. But I I don't want to take reps away from Milton Williams. I, out of the two of them, my lean is towards Sue. Than Williams, because I've seen Williams again, just uh, John, there's been times where he's been completely rolled out of place. Yeah, he's a young player. Completely rolled out of place. Uh, my only issues with Sue is that he seems to come up field too often. Uh, again, that 
was the first drive uh, the previous week. Um, where again, Sue's coming upfield. And when he plays discipline, when he's in, when he just, just, just basically stay there, stay there and, and, and uphold the blocks. Just do your job and congest. He's fine. But that tendency to come up the field a little bit, that trouble. And I, again, this is a guy that's been a consummate pass rush, the, the consummate, uh, uh, he, he's breaking, you know, he's, he's breaking the, uh, the pocket, a pocket yeah. breaker, but they're not asking him. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're not asking him to do that here. They're asking no. him to stay put. Well, but that's the problem. Chance. He he was a superstar. He was a legit superstar defensive lineman, and he was a star player, all decade team guy, five time All Pro, used to going after the passer. And now you're right. They want him to mock up, play gap and a half. And that's not what he does. That's another example of, I don't know if he's the best fit at this stage of his career. Whereas, you know, Milton Williams is a young player. He's going to do what he's told. He's not going to freelance. He's going to, you know, not saying he's great. But again, sometimes you have to develop these young players. How do you develop them? Well, getting reps, getting them better. And, and I think he was getting incrementally better. Uh, it's just a nitpick. But that's what you have to do with 10 and 1 teams. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's a great problem to have because yeah. you can roll out and Dominic Sue, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Milton Williams. That's pretty stinking good. Yeah. That is pretty stinking good. Yeah. Out of the two of them, though, like I said, I'm just a little bit because I think you can kind of still kind of train that or coach that into Sue, even though, again, what's the saying, uh, you, you, you know, never can't change an old, an old dog, teach an old dog, new tricks, yeah. new tricks. 35, 35. Um, I don't know how many, but, new but I, I will say this again. I go back to the, I go back to the Colts game and that, that opening drive where again, Sue just seemed to have that tendency to come up the field that the rest of that game, he didn't, the rest of the game, he stayed where he was supposed to stay. He congested, he made problems for John Taylor to run. And if he's able to do that and stay disciplined within himself, which I think he's very capable of doing, you know, that could cause some problems for Derrick Henry. Again, that can cause – you just want to junk, junk up that middle to where he does not have – because, again, we all know once once, once Derrick Henry gets going, you, a Mack truck can't stop. Oh, yeah. You don't want you don't uh, want and that's him getting to the him, second level. him at the point of attack. Yeah. And I believe he had, what, 17 carries, I think nine – of those 17 for, were for a yard or less against the Bengals. And again, they stopped him at the point of attack. They stopped him before he was able to take off. Now, the other issue you're going to have is now you, you saw what he did against the Bengals. They slipped him out. And where he, I think he gained more yards receiving than he did rushing, which has been, oh, yeah, had one might have been the first yeah. in his career. Yeah. That is, that's going to be a problem. That could be a problem for the Eagles on Sunday. All right, Joe, no, you got to run. But before you go, I'm going to ask you to, I complimented your journalism earlier. And I know you guys, and I've been saying this on the air for 30 plus years. The headline says, and then blame the writer. And it doesn't always work that way. You, you guys don't get to write the headline. Somebody else writes the headline. And if it doesn't fit the article, that's their problem, not yours. I'm going to let you do both. Give me the headline after the Eagles and the Titans. What is the Joe Santa Liquido headline that will fit his game story thereafter, say, about the game on Sunday? Eagles shut down Henry in 21-17 victory. Okay. Oh, yeah. I like I the like score, it. but 
Uh, I don't know that they're going to shut down Henry. Well, I, I don't think so either. <laughs> I'll tell you what, shutting down Derrick Henry is maybe maybe 100 yards, 110 yards. I don't know that you can say they're shutting him down if he's above his average. Uh, JS, no, you got to run. Thanks much for hopping on with us today. Appreciate it greatly. Got we'll you be, guys. We'll be Go right here on Monday for the uh, post game column on jacobsports.com. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right. He's uh, love Santa Liquido, uh, but <laughs> he's a stone cold shill. Have swag, will wear. He's, he's worse than I am. Because, hey, if it's free, it's for me. has always been one of my uh, guiding lights in life. Uh, but oh, yeah. I was tonight. talking to Dallas Goddard, you know, who, who, you know, Martin Martin Frank, who was on the show earlier this week, uh, because Delaware is playing South Dakota State. So we're talking to him a little bit about the playoffs. Um the FCS, I get them mixed up. FCS, right? And I'm um, the only one who's riding with the hands. All you yeah. other guys were all over the well, track. South, South Dakota State's really good. Um, but and, and Dallas hands. was. All I'm saying, beware the hands. Dallas was joking that, um, you know, the, the playoffs are great because unlike uh, FBS, you know, you only got four teams, and FCS, you got the whole group and everybody's got a chance. But he's like the one thing he missed playing FCS is he didn't get any swag from bowl games. No, no swag. Um, uh, so yeah, swag is a big thing uh, it, it is in the sports Sam world. Guido, he's got his army sweater on. Good, more power to him. Which, by the way, Army Navy don't play this week. Yeah, this I is know. championship conference yeah. week. This is conference. Yeah, next week is Army yes. Navy. They always play. He's the gearing weekend up early after. He's gearing up. Steering up. I think they announced that they're going to do Where is the game this year? It's Philly. Army it's here. Yeah. Good. It should and be every year, but obviously. They're it's... adding years on the back yeah. end where it's going to keep it in Philly uh, for years to come. Uh, but the Army-Navy game is not this week. We got Jamford championship conference game this week, and I was doing some homework because I got an exit stage left, left myself. Uh, Johnny Mack's going to run here in five minutes. Barrett Brooks going to come in for him. Jimmy Kemsky's going to jump on with us uh, and and do a uh, Friday afternoon spot. And then I need to get out early because I got to jump over and uh, host on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, and I know I'm going to be talking some college football there. So I already did my handicap. And Johnny Mack, you talk about lack of juice. That's not the case in college football this week, all the championship games. I hate to say it. I think it's going to be really chalky. I don't I'm not I'm not going to predict any upset. I know uh, people would love to see chaos for the college football bowl committee to be able to sink their teeth into some. I think all the teams that are supposed to win are going to win. Yeah, that's that's depressing. That's always uh, you like to see some upheaval. Uh, you like to see some uh, upsets. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if I disagree with you. I'm trying to figure out who. And Kansas State had the lead against TCU when they played earlier this year. TCU rallied and beat them. TCU is playing better now than now. They see, were I'm a TCU fan. Every year, if there's somebody who's going to be there that isn't typically there, that's oh, TCU who I'm rooting for. now and they're going to stay there. I think. Yeah, that's what. So I'm going to root for them, and I always hope that they they perform. Same thing with Cincinnati last year, um, but it usually doesn't work. You know, it usually, unfortunately. Um, you know, I always joke Alabama could lose four probably, and they'd still have them in the mix. But 
uh, I'm being facetious, but oh you no, know. you're not because oh, I had calls last week. Oh, four. Who's going to fight their way back? You're leaving Bama out. It can still yeah. be them. No, it couldn't be Bama for one reason, no. or one reason only. At, at the most, one team's going to come out of the top four right now. If USC loses, they could fall out. Ohio State's going in. Ohio State yeah. is five. Alabama's six. So yeah. Alabama isn't jumping Ohio State on a weekend where neither one of them are going to be playing just because they're Alabama. The committee is not yeah. that stupid. Yeah, be they're careful. Oh, I, I think they are that stupid. No, they're not. They're not um, going to jump them. What, what's their explanation afterwards? Well, did they need one? Alabama? It's they Alabama. Actually, yeah. Are they going to get on uh, a board and say that? I don't think so. Hey, I'm the first. I don't want to ever see Alabama in that damn thing again. I'm so bored of it. Um, look, they're a great team, and obviously, but it's boring. It is boring. And whether, you know, anytime, even, even, even USC, you know, having them back in the mix is nice. Uh, any anything yeah, it's different? It's been a while since USC has yeah. been. Yeah, yeah, I got to go back to Pete Carroll, really. <clears throat> but and they were one of those teams. Um, anything different? I'm for in college football, and it's been Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, LSU, uh, Ohio State every year, every year, every year, every year. It's and- boring. Oh, by the way, Caleb Williams can put a hammer lock on the Heisman Trophy if he comes out and plays well. I think he's the leader as of right now, and I think he could throw some Oklahoma in there. Up. Oklahoma, Jordan, when Lincoln Riley was there, and they just take really they just took Oklahoma to USC. That's what they did. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah. And a smart guy like me could have said before the season started at ten to one, Caleb Williams, an outstanding guy to play for the Heisman Trophy. Ask me how much money I put down on it, John. Set it on the air on CBS. Zero? Didn't put a friggin' penny on it, idiot. All right. Uh, Johnny Mac, no, you got to run. But before you do, you've kind of hinted at it. You've been leaning all show long and picked the Eagles 11 yeah. straight times this year. Are you going to make it 12 or are you going to, in this non juiced game, predict the eagles actually come out on the now i'm gonna pick the eagles to lose for the first time this year 24 23 obviously it's gonna it's gonna be a close game can go either way you know tennessee has given up you got to go back to who uh week four i think so they've given up i'm just trying to look it up 17 17 10 10 eight straight games 20 or less yeah uh 20 and overtime uh, 10, 17, 20. Um, it's a good defense. Um, I think the Eagles are better. I don't think they're better than the average team. Um, I just think, you know, it's hard to pick somebody 17 straight weeks. Um, and, you know, everybody has lulls. The Eagles are more, Eagles are in a lull, to be honest. And part of that is injury-related. Um, started in Houston. Um, they didn't play great. Obviously, they had their one loss against Washington. They didn't play great in Indianapolis. They didn't play great against Green Bay. They're in a, a bit of a lull. Um, they, they scored 40 points last week, John. Uh, yeah, but they gave up uh, 33, which they typically don't do. And a lot of that had to do with their special a, teams. They're in a defensive special teams lull or – well, not well. well I, I, again, Houston, Washington, Indianapolis. It's not just the Green Bay game. Um, 
They haven't been the same offensively since uh, Dallas Goddard's been out of the lineup. Um, I do think this is more of a need-to-pass week. Now, it's tough to say the Eagles can't run on anybody because they always run, but they're not going to run for 363. They're going to have to throw the ball a little bit, and I don't think they're the same passing offense without uh, Dallas Goddard. Very close game. Could go either way. It's going to be a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Might be a made Jake Elliott kick. Might be a missed Jake Elliott kick. But I can't go 17 games and not pick the Eagles to lose. So here it is, picking the Eagles to lose. I hope it comes down to a Jake Elliott kick because I have faith in Jake Elliott. I Our scores are very similar. Uh, I'm going to pick the birds. I already picked them to lose once this year, and that was Arizona. And if uh, the, the Amendola made his kick, yeah. uh, it could have gone the other way. Uh, instead, Dicker, the kicker, converted for the Eagles. I'm that much more confident with Jake Elliott kicking this week. I'm going 23-20 Eagles. So uh, our scores are sit very similar. The biggest difference is you got Tennessee by one. I got the Eagles by three. Either way, John and I are saying don't bet the birds minus the four and a half. Uh, but uh, we shall see. All right, J-Mac, you and I be back here on Monday. Uh, have a safe travel over to NovaCare Complex. Thank you, Jody. John McMullen here with me on Birds 365. We'll take a timeout here at the top of the hour. Barrett Brooks going to jump into the Johnny Mac seat. Jimmy Kemsky going to join us shortly thereafter. You're listening to Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh. And go birds.
We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be pro- For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Active on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Jumping in on hour number two of Birds 365. That is not John McMullen. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> that would be Barrett Brooks filling in for Johnny Mac. He's running. Jody Mac, there. how's it going today? How you be, Big B? Hey, 10 and 1, raring to go for this game this weekend. Uh, this this is what football is all about. December football, playoff football. You run the rock, that's how you win. I'm glad to hear you say that because John and I were debating a little bit. He said this game for him lacks a little bit of juice afc game you got rivalries two games against the giants and the cowboys yet to come because if it's an outer conference game not as much juice i i i didn't agree or at least to the not to the extent that johnny thought um let me uh, reference our stream because i know on your show uh, you pay attention to the stream we got a couple of guys checking in on the stream talking about hey this could be a statement game Yes. If we can beat a Tennessee Titan team, a team that finished with the most rent wins in the AFC regular season last year, a team that looks like they're all but a lock to make the playoffs over in the AFC, the Eagles could make a statement. Which one is it more? A statement game or just an out-of-conference game that doesn't have playoff implications and tiebreakers and everything else? How do you look at this game before it ever gets underway? This is a statement game because this is what playoff football is about. This is this is when playoff begins. You can you start jockeying for position on where you're going to be in the playoffs. That's number one. Number two, we're going against a team that runs the rock. And when you have a team like that and you haven't been able to stop people from running the rock, this is a statement game, not just for the fans, but to them individually on the defensive side of the ball to say, hey, we're going to go against the best running back in the league. We can stop. If we stop them here, what can anybody else say? Everybody else's game plan against us would be null and void because we can stop King Henry. We can stop anybody. The biggest thing for me on the offensive side of the ball is can they run against this team? Now, everybody's saying, oh, you know, they have the worst secondary in the league. Yes, I understand that. They're right, what, 29th as far as, you know, uh, production against the pass. I understand that. But they have to run the ball simply because that's what they do. That's their personality. That's what their team, their offensive uh, unit is built to do. And we have to establish the run regardless of who, you know, they're going against. Last year and the year before, we played against a, a uh, New Orleans team that was number one against the run, 
Each time they played them, they were number one against the run. And Jalen Hurts' ability to run the ball is what was the biggest difference on how they defended him. And, and that was huge because they did it anyways. They ran the block anyway. So this is a statement game for the offensive side of the ball. It's like, all right, yes, we can pass. We know we can pass. But we have to run the ball because that's what we are. That's what we do. This is playoff football, and we're starting right now. And when I look at Tennessee, you, you talked about the difference between yards per game that they give up against the run and against the pass, and it's lopsided. They're one of the best against the run. They're one of the worst against the pass. Well, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Do teams pass it more against Tennessee because they are not good at covering it, or they pass it more against Tennessee because they try and run it against them, realize, oh, shoot, we can't do that. We better throw the ball and then end up getting all the yardage through. I don't know the reason that they're bad against the pass is because they're just not talented enough uh, talent-wise on that side of the field or because other teams go, well, we know we can't run the ball against them, so I guess we better get our passing game up and going in this given week. That's why I'm scared a little bit. I think overall the Tennessee defense is pretty damn good. Better against the run than the pass, but not as lopsided as the yards per might uh, seem. Um, I saw you on NBC Sports uh, this morning. Key guy, T.J. Edwards, you think he's sitting on a big game. He better be because somebody's going to have to keep Derrick Henry in check. Absolutely. He's the key. He's the cog that gets that whole machine going. If he can stop the run, if they if they put their – 50 front end, meaning they're going to cover the center and both guards. They'll be more apt to have those guys, you know, those linebackers make plays because they'll be free. You can't get anybody up on the second level because you got to worry about the line of scrimmage dealing with Sue, Joseph, Davis, Fletcher Cox, all those guys. But when you look at this defense and how they're they're constructed, they're just a young secondary. And that's why they're not going out there and playing like, you know, like most teams. Um, McCrary is a young guy, you know, he's, he was drafted last year. He, I mean, this year he's a rookie from Auburn drafting the second round. He's starting to nickel on the outside. They got, you know, pretty for the most part, young guys are Kristen Fulton. He was drafted in 2020. Um, Molden. He was drafted in 21. Very, very young secondary. You know, Elijah Molden was pretty good. You know, he was that, he was the um, counterpart to, you know, the other corner that got drafted by Kansas city. Um, year before last, they are just a young, young secondary. Even though they have, you know, Hooker is a pretty good guy, and 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 Baird's a pretty good receiver. Both of those guys are pretty good. I mean, uh, not receivers, but pretty good um, safeties. They still lack the experience of a big time secondary because they are so young. Now they're going to get better, and they'll probably be one of the best secondaries come you know next year or two. But they're just young guys out there that that um, just don't know yet. And that's why teams are able to throw the ball on them. Them guys up front, man, they can rush the passer, and that's the only thing that I worry about. The key matchup to me is Bud Dupree on on Jordan Mailata. He can mix it up, man. And Jordan's got to come with his A game. And also, our both of our guards, you know, both Dickerson and um, Sayamalu, haven't been playing well in the past here lately. The last five games, they've been giving up a little pressure in the interior of the offensive line. You don't want to do that against Simmons. Simmons is at work. Jeffrey Simmons, um, Mississippi State guy like Fletcher Cox, can rush the passer. He's built. He's built kind of funny, you know. He has wide hips, you know, and he's just so explosive off the snap of the ball. And that's you know 
he's the guy that I'm really looking at as far as, all right, can our guards block him? Because he'll make it a long day if we allow him to get going. Yeah, strength against strength. The yep. Tennessee defensive line against the Eagles offensive line. Going to be a key matchup in this game. All right, Barrett Brooks in for Johnny Mac. Um, coming up next, our buddy Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice is going to hop in with us, uh, help us finish out hour number two. Uh, Barrett's going to take us home a little bit later because I got to exit stage left. So we're subbing in and out today. Hope you enjoyed <laughs> the mix. Jimmy Kemsky jumps into it next here on Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim's my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh. And go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. You're being here on Birds 365. Johnny Mack. We've got Jimmy Kemsky jumping on board with us from voice.com. Always good to get JK involved. All right. Uh, I'm going to double down on a couple things we've already discussed. First hour with you, Jim Kemsky. 
Does this game have the prerequisite juice in your mind? Is there enough buzz about this game, or is it underwhelming because it's an AFC opponent? Well, first of all, just so you know, I am very low on gas. I just pulled into a gas station. So when they come up to the car, I'm going to have to tell them to fill it regular as gotcha. an interruption to the show. <laughs> You're not talking about uh, Jordan Davis when you say fill it regular. You're talking about gas. Okay, I got you. We got that covered. I got you. So uh, does it have juice? Yeah, I think this is a – sorry, hang on one second. Can you, can you fill it regular, please? He wasn't kidding, Thank folks. <laughs> yes. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. This is outstanding radio. Yeah. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> on, on YouTube, no less. I, I, I didn't know you could use uh, regular in a Lamborghini, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not me. Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, it's a what? They, there's it's a seven and four team. Um, they're coming off uh, a big win over the Packers uh, on Sunday Night Football. You know, Packers, of course, not uh, the team that they have been uh, over the years, but. Uh, you know, certainly anytime you can beat Aaron Rodgers, that's kind of a big deal. And this is a team that was the one seed in the AFC playoffs last year. Uh, very tough physical team. It's an interesting test. It's not juicy in the same way that it would be if, like, you're playing the Cowboys or even the Giants maybe at this time of year with with their 7-4 and four record as well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a legit team. And, um, you know, it's a one o'clock game, so you know there's a certain limited amount of juice when you have one of those. But uh, yeah, certainly this, this is a big matchup for them, and uh, you know should, they they should provide a great test for for the toughness of this Eagles team. I just thought that you know going into this game, you know it, it with the parity in the league right now, there's a lot of teams. It's not usually it's usually front loaded with a dynasty type of team like the Kansas Cities, the Bills. But I think that this team has started to turn into the the right team at the right time. They're getting better at the right time. Um, they got the quarterback Tannehill the past couple of weeks to put them at the level. Now they're leading the division and they're still going to be up there with as far as being the one of the upper echelon teams. Do you see this Titans team as a threat going into the Super Bowl as far as with, you know, guys like Kansas City and the Bills? So when I look at this matchup with the Titans and Eagles, and I'll, you know, get to your point on the Chiefs and, uh, and Bills. What I see here is a team that is very good running the football, obviously, with Derrick Henry, and they're outstanding stopping the run. And those two things are very, you know, very good things to be able to do in the playoffs. But they can't match up in the same way uh, against the Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, when it comes to the passing game. And that's on both sides of the ball. So, you know, they're just not much of a, of a passing threat. Uh, offensively, their their wide receivers are you know it's Traylon Burks, it's uh, Westbrook, uh, whatever his name is, <laughs> and like you know it's just not a very threatening uh, group. And Ryan Tannehill's fine as a quarterback. Uh, thank you, no, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that again. Ryan Tannehill's fine as a quarterback, but he's certainly you know not elite. He's middle of the pack in my opinion among you know NFL starting quarterbacks. And then defensively, they've spent a lot of resources on their cornerback position. So they've spent they they used the first round pick on Caleb Farley, who's done for the season. Uh, they used the second round pick on uh, the kid this this past draft, uh, McCreary. McCreary. Uh, yep. They used the third round pick on on Elijah Molden. He's their slot corner, and uh, missing somebody here. Uh, but anyway, it's a very young group of cornerbacks that they may be good eventually, but they're still kind of trying to find their way right now. And I think right. that the Eagles can the Eagles, Chiefs, and Bills can all take advantage of of, of matchups. 
against those cornerbacks. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're a tough, grimy, physical team that you will usually outplay their opponents on the ground, but they just aren't threatening as a passing offense, and they are susceptible to the, to the pass on defense. Jimmy, this week, uh, a lot of lip service was paid to special teams. Need to be better. Got to be yeah. more committed to it. That handicapped our defense. It was used as an explanation, if not an excuse, as to why the defense gave up 33 points short fields and everything. Will we see any evidence of any change this week against Tennessee? We saw them take away Britton Covey's kick return duties this past game. Boston Scott filled in in that role. I think it'll be interesting to keep an eye on Saturday when Saturday's the day that they have to announce practice squad call-ups. So it'll be interesting to see if they call up a guy like Devin Allen, for example, either for kick or punt return duties or just to, to use his speed on kick and punt coverage, uh, either as a gunner or just, you know, uh, uh, you know, on kick coverage. So, yeah, I think uh, that might be a hint in, in terms of um, – you know, what changes they can make. But as far as bringing in any outside players at this point in the season, we're already past the trade deadline, so you can forget about trading for anyone, obviously. But in terms of bringing in players off the street that can help your special teams, probably just not realistic at at this point in the season. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you look at the special teams units, and they've had very consistently at least one or two, you know, significantly bad plays in almost every game and this past game, of course, they were trying not to allow the Packers return guy, Keyshawn Nixon. They're trying not to allow him to return kicks. Like they were trying to put it through the end zone and he was taking kicks out six, seven yards deep out of the end zone, which you don't see that often. And the Packers clearly identified uh, an Eagles weakness there and that they, they aren't great at covering kicks. So yeah, I mean, you look at these special teams units, they're not great covering kicks. They're completely unthreatening uh, on their own kick and punt returns. And they've had some weird gaffes otherwise, like a blocked field goal. Uh, I forget who converted a, a fake punt against them. Uh, but, yeah, they, they've been lucky so far this year to have to not have had a special teams gaff wreck a game, like lose a game for them this year. And it, it feels a little bit like a ticking time bomb that could go on. So they better get that fixed before the playoffs start because uh, it really has been an issue all year. It absolutely has. You know, I mean, it's, it's taking time on to say the least. I hate to have them lose a game over special teams like that. But, I mean, it, it, it looks like it's coaching. You know, it seems like our special teams coordinator, um, Michael Michael Clay, is, is being outclassed. Looking at the head coaches, at each of these head coaches, younger head coaches, you know, with Titans and with the um, with the Eagles, you know, Vrabel, uh, he's starting to be, you know, one of the, you know, great coaches in the league. Who do you think is, has the best coaching staff at this point, you know? Yeah, I don't know too much about their staff aside from Vrabel, but obviously his his success has been, um, I mean, very, very clear and obvious. Uh, you know, Hard-nosed football, yeah. No doubt. And, like, what you know, you asked Nick Sirianni what, you know, what this Titans team is all about. You know, I asked A.J. Brown what this Titans team is all about uh, after the, you know, the, the, their win over the Packers on Sunday night. And they basically said, you know, it's toughness and it's, you know, it's like it's it's they're just a, they're just a very grimy, tough, physical football team. And that starts with Rabel and it, you know, trickles its way down to the players. And Nick Sirianni talked at length about 
how much respect he had for Vrabel when Vrabel was a player. He actually was on the coaching staff uh, with the Chiefs. Sirianni was on a coaching staff with the Chiefs when Vrabel was still a player. He was captain of that team. And, uh, he, you know, he could tell right away what kind of, um, you know, leader he was just as a player. And that's carried over to him as, as, as a coach. I don't, you know, they, they've gotten more out of their rosters than, um, than you would expect. Like, th- these are not great Titans rosters. Again, they were the one seed at the AFC last year and attacked uh, AFC. So they've gotten, they've gotten a lot. He's gotten a lot out of, out of those teams without having a great roster and a great quarterback. All right, J.K., do you have any concern that the Eagles will attempt to overemphasize, overfeed A.J. Brown this week because it's a game that understandably means a lot to him. Tennessee traded him, didn't want to pay him, basically yeah. said sorry, but um, he has done a nice job of answering you guys' questions this week on trying to make it sound like it's not something that's as big a deal to him. Uh, Nick Sirianni said the same thing, and then we saw the way he reacted after the Colt game. Uh, any worries that the Eagles will try and take care of their guy, A.J. Brown, that Jalen Hurts will be the key guy making those decisions on where he's going to pull the trigger. Any worries that they'll overfeed A.J. Brown this week? I think it's actually a good idea to try to overfeed him this week, and not because he's playing <laughs> against his old, his old team. But when you look at A.J. Brown in the season that he's had, like he, he's gone through some really hot streaks, and then over the last three, four games, his numbers have tailed off a little bit, and for good reason. Like He had a hurt foot. And he had an illness that affected him in, in, you know, one or two of those games. So I think it would be a good idea to get him back on track. Um, and, you know, having the Pro Bowl, you know, all pro kind of season that he was putting together at one point. And his foot seems to be healthy now. He's recovered from his illness. And again, getting back to the point that they actually have matchups that they, that they can exploit in that Titans secondary. I think it actually is a good idea to get him the ball. But not for the reason because he's playing against his former team, but I just think it makes it actually makes a lot of sense to go to him quite a bit in this game. Well, then you then I, I mean I kind of counterintuitive to what I was thinking about them running the ball with you know Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we can run the ball on you know because we did it against the Saints and with that yeah. added dimension of the Hurts, I just think that you know we we need to establish the run to even go over go over the pass and you know. I think that's that's the key matchup right now. Miles Sanders yeah. being able to, you know, keep that offense off the field and stay on our side of the field and time possession being in our favor as opposed to being the Titans' favor. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think they're going to seek to have balance in this game. And you mentioned the Saints. I think that's an awesome point. Like, last year, the Saints had the number one run defense in the NFL when they faced yep. them. And Eagles ran it 50 times on them in that game. And right. I think they had, like, you know, 250-some-odd yards, something like that. Uh, they were right around five yards per carry, three touchdowns. And they, so they didn't care that the, that the Saints came in here and they were the number one run defense in the NFL. They ran it anyway, and they did it very successfully. And I think that they can do that against the Titans as well. So, yeah, I don't think you just completely abandon the run. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, balance of taking advantage of those matchups uh, in the secondary and also, you know, not, not going into this game and just saying, okay, well, the Titans are good at stopping the run. And that's what they want to do. They want to stop the run. So we're just going to. We're just going to play into that, you know, what they want to do to us. So, yeah, they're certainly going to run the ball, in my opinion. Jimmy, I mentioned A.J. and his kind of revenge match against Tennessee Titans. We got another one. Jim Schwartz, senior defensive Uh, assistant on the Titans staff. 
he doesn't have any connect with the Eagles current coaching staff didn't coach with any of them. And he's a couple of years removed from being here in Philadelphia, but he does know a couple of those key guys on the defensive side of the ball, still Fletcher and BG and sure. the like. Um, advantage Titans for having Schwartz or advantage Eagles because they can figure out what Schwartz is going to do. He's not the DC, he's just a senior defensive assistant. But if you see them play, there are some Schwartz like characteristics of this defense. Is there an advantage to be had in this matchup? I don't really think there is. Um, I could see if uh, it were the – I could see if, like, Doug Peterson were still the coach and he was fully aware of what Doug Peterson liked to do offensively and could game plan against that. Um, but just in terms of, like, knowing players like Fletcher Cox, um, Brandon Graham, you know, whoever you, you, you want to name – um, I don't think I don't think there are any secrets about you know what those guys bring to the table. You know what what they sort of are as players uh, from from Jim Schwartz to any other defensive player across or defensive coach across the league. Um, I think if the, if anything, they, the Eagles sort of know what the Titans want to do defensively. The Jim Schwartz's mo in Philadelphia was always first and foremost stop the run, and then once you stop the run, you can you know, make. Uh, the opposing offense one-dimensional when you get after the passer. It was a very simple uh, formula, and I think that's sort of what the Titans' identity, I mean, really has been before he even got there, uh, but, you know, has only been enforced uh, since, since he's gotten there. So I don't know if there's a big advantage either way, uh, but certainly it will. the defense will look familiar uh, to, to Eagles fans from, you know, what he was in Philadelphia for five or six years or whatever it was. Well, let me ask you this then. All right. You look at a team that lost Jordan Davis. They go in and get Joseph, and they get uh, the get Sue. Yeah. And now Davis is back. Do you think he plays? And they put that fifty front in. Can you imagine that having Davis over the nose and Sue and Linville Joseph over the uh, Wolf guards? Is that so a perfect I think, world? I think it, if if they do play Joseph and Davis together. I think Davis gives you more versatility than Joseph. So I think Joseph is the guy that lines up over the nose because that's really all he can do. Oh, okay. And okay. Davis maybe plays, uh, you know, sort of that four-eye tech or whatever. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah, in, in there with Sue maybe. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if if uh, they play those guys together. But I think certainly Davis will get his share of snaps at the nose because you look at what they, uh, what they did – against the Packers last Sunday night. They only played, I think, 49 snaps total on defense. And yep. Joseph played 30 of those. So that's a high percentage of snaps that he was playing in that game. You know, the Packers really wa- they wanted to run the ball in that game with Aaron Jones and uh, with A.J. Dillon. But they sort of got away from it a little bit whenever the Eagles went to those, you know, odd band fronts with, with Joseph in the middle. So they don't want him playing that high a percentage of snaps. So Davis will take some of those away. And then it'll be interesting to see how Davis's role is expanded. Because before he got hurt against the Steelers, he was almost solely just a nose tackle. And then in that Steelers game, they started to expand his role a little bit. Like he was playing a little he was playing in in uh even man fronts, um, which he hadn't done all year, and then he got hurt. So we didn't so it'll be interesting to see like how quickly they go right back to expanding his role or if they try to ease him back in a little bit, I think they go right into, you know, expanding his role immediately right off, right off the bat. 
where they get him in games. They get him on, on plays with Joseph. And then also in scenarios where he's uh, playing in four-man fronts as well. So, I mean, just look at this defensive line now, particularly the defensive tackles. Oof. It's crazy how many big-name players they have. Like Absolutely. Jordan Davis, Fletcher Clax, Javon Hargrave, Dominican Sue, uh, Linval Joseph, and, you know, the I, I guess the, the least, um, you know, well-known player would be Milton Williams. But you have six guys that I mean, you can rotate those guys in and out. One more point to make on, on that, by the way, the, the depth that they have at defensive tackle. What Derrick Henry is great at is wearing teams down over the course of a game. Like, he really has uh, an effect on defenses. But primarily in the second half is when he's super effective. And I don't know that that's a big advantage against a team like the Eagles that has this kind of depth uh, at defensive tackle. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think the Eagles' depth at, at, when they get Jordan Davis back is just one more player that they can add to the fold and uh, they can stay fresh throughout games. So we're going to get you to uh, predict and project on this one too. They're not keeping six defensive tackles up on Sunday. It's not happening. I'll, I'll go out on a limb right now. So oh, they someone will. has to come out <laughs> of the mix. But no, right. no, no. All, all six of those guys will be up. On you Sunday. think so? Oh, so yeah, no doubt. Are, are they going with uh, seven? No, and four outside. So that's 10 defensive linemen? Or do you yeah. think, where, where does the extra guy come off on what they usually mix? They're already down to five offensive linemen. If you're going to activate Jordan Davis and not remove one of your defensive linemen, who's coming off the active roster on Sunday? Chauncey Gardner Johnson, I think, will go on IR on Saturday. Uh, I'm not. And, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about on the active roster. No, I get it. I get it. The playing okay. roster, not the 53. Okay. I'm talking so, about the 48th address on Sunday. So their five inactives on game day are usually Ian Book, the quarterback, Trey Sermon, the fourth running back, um, uh, Josh Job, a cornerback. Uh, who am I missing here? Um, Josh Sills, offensive lineman, and Sua Opeta, offensive lineman. You're not going to have one of those guys up in favor of one of those defensive tackles, in my opinion. Um, there's just no need for, for any of those guys to, to play. Uh, so, yeah, the defense, I think, unless they call up a guy from the practice squad on Saturday uh, at, like, safety or something like that, um, yeah, I, I think the, I think all six of those guys will be up on Sunday. All they have to do is sit down Quinn. Quinn hasn't done anything. Sit Robert Quinn down. That's also, what I was getting throw, to. Yeah. yeah. That, that could very well be. Which means uh, Milton might have to slide out a little bit, but I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I think he could do it if called upon. All yes. right. The, the game itself, when they get down to it, you said Derek Henry wears teams down. Might be more difficult to do against the Eagles because they've got such depth and versatility on their defensive line. Yep. What if the Eagles are playing from behind? This past week it was great. It was 13-0 before you blinked. Now, to the Packers' credit, with a little help from the Eagles' inability to convert on fourth down, uh, they got right back into it. You even went up by a point. Um, mm -hmm. But if the Eagles fall behind, they're going to throw the ball that much more. Jalen Hurts' is running aspect of his game a little less than it was. How will the Eagles respond if Tennessee grabs an early lead and gets to play from in front? Yeah, I think it's harder to play them defensively if they get a lead on you because they'll just keep hammering the run on you. You, you ideally you want to get a lead on them so they have to throw it and try to play from behind. I, as far as the offense goes, I think they're just so good offensively that they can win in a number of different ways. They can run the ball or they can pass it. Uh, I think they can still maintain balance uh, if they get behind and still be able to move the football effectively and score 
so yeah, I, I think that this is a team that, you know, isn't screwed basically if they get behind in games. Uh, but against this Titans team, it, you know, it, it is it does become more problematic for them defensively. I just think, man, we're 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 good going into this game. This is an impact game, considering the fact that we have a team that's number three against the run, and mm-hmm. we need to run the ball. And the dynamic play of Jalen Hurts will put us over the top. Do you see Jalen Hurts still going with the same style of of of, of that he had last week? this week or do they go back to trying to protect them again and make them a drop back pass? Yeah. So the Packers were interesting in the way they played him. They played a lot of man defense early on and they didn't spy him at all. So when he just saw wide open pastures in front of him, he ran like he had two rushes for 52 yards at one point. He had like six rushes uh, for over a hundred yards at one point. And then the Packers kind of uh, changed what they were doing and they played a little bit more zone defense and then the Eagles picked them apart that way through the air. So, you know, it's kind of pick your poison. I think if the Titans try to play a lot of man defense and they uh, aren't spying them and there are wide open lanes for Jalen Hurts to, to take, he'll take them. And if they don't, then I think the Eagles can beat them in other ways. So I think it's really just all kind of in the hands of uh, the way the Titans want to play them. And then the Eagles kind of just play off of that. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think there's necessarily um, – Going into this game, I don't think that they'll necessarily say, Jalen, we need you to not run as much uh, or we need you to run more or anything like that. It's just kind of take what the defense has given you and because the Eagles are so good at winning in, in so many different ways offensively. Jimmy, uh, I got a two-part question for you. Last thing before we let you run, um, and both are important. Number one is you do a great job covering the Eagles day in, day out, breaking Thanks. down stuff, doing it for us uh, here on Birds 365 when we need you. One of my favorite things above and beyond stick figures, which are great, <laughs> is that you've got your finger on the pulse of the draft pick compensation for okay. free agents lost. Yeah. And you've done none of it this year because <laughs> you've got a 10 and one team to write about. So you've been kind of distracted from one of the things I love best that you do. But I agree with you wholeheartedly. You shouldn't be worrying about who the Eagles are going to get in draft pick compensation because they got a Super Bowl to try and go win this year. But. No doubt. How big could their draft pick compensation be? Because the Eagles got a whole hell of a lot of free agents, specifically on this defense right now. And Howie Roseman hasn't been able to get his usual contract extensions done. How huge is this offseason for the Eagles coming up? I, I, I'm we're gonna, I'm gonna. My second part of the question is gonna be, I'm gonna make you pick the game coming yeah. up on Sunday. But I am looking forward a little bit because you're that good at covering it. Uh, how big an offseason? How tough an offseason might this be for the Eagles? Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of players that are scheduled to be free agents, like you said, and it'll be interesting to see how they're able to keep the band back together, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I think they, I think the, the number one priority will be to bring back Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and he'll probably be pretty expensive. Uh, I think you also probably want to bring back Marcus Epps at the other safety spot uh, to be determined what, what he'll want in free agency. And then at linebacker, you know, both of those starters, TJ Edwards and Kaiser White, those guys are both scheduled to be free agents. I think it's more likely they try to bring back Edwards than White because you still have Nicobe Dean kind of waiting in the wings. Uh, you know, maybe he steps up and takes on a starting role in 2023 and beyond to be determined. Um, but yeah, th- I mean, they, they have they have basically guys that are going to be free agents all over the book. Isaac Sayamalo is another one. You know, how do you replace him if he goes? Do you just trust guys off the bench like Jack, Jack Driscoll or, um, or I Joe guess, Pata. not so at this point? Uh, do you draft a, you know, and 
you basically draft a, a right tackle for the future who can play right guard in the short term. So, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting offseason to see who they're able to keep and who they kind of have to make tough decisions on to, to let, you know, go off to some other. Miles Sanders is another one, of course, that uh, is going to be a free agent this year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's probably more uh, scheduled free agents this year than or 2023 than, than they've had in a long time. Yeah. Um, and I think they'll want to keep the band back together with all the, with all the obvious success that they've had uh, so far here in 2022. So. Yeah, even when this season is over, there's still going to be plenty to talk about, no doubt. Well, you just exactly. said that. You, 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 so you said all those. That means we're not signing the quarterback then. We're not signing Hurts. <laughs> no, Hurts is locked in. Hurts can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, they, they have a year to figure that out. Right. Um, if they can't agree to you know a deal or whatever, Hurts will have to play on you know the final year of his contract, and he'll get a bump like up to he'll get like a, what's called a player performance escalator uh which will bump the salary up to like two or three million or something like that but you know that's that's uh chump change for a, you know an mvp candidate so yeah I, I think something will get done there ultimately they can structure contracts in which to, in a way where the cap hit in 2023 will be super low but then you know in, in subsequent years then it, you know it jacks up pretty high so yeah they'll, they'll have to the, the eagles did a bad job of managing their roster after they won the Super Bowl in 2017. I thought Howie Roseman had you know, three pretty bad off seasons and then he came back in full force and, and he brought the team back up to a Super Bowl kind of level, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they, he sort of changes the way he did things after that Super Bowl run and sort of what lessons were learned in terms of uh, making tough decisions on guys that you maybe don't want to overpay and uh, w- which positions to prioritize and so, and so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, they, they they sort of missed a window to be really dominant for a long time after that first Super Bowl run. It'll be interesting to see how well, you know what their plan is this time around. All right, J.K., great stuff there. But you got to tell us, are we talking about an 11-1 team come Monday? When I read you in phillyboys.com on Sunday night slash Monday morning, are we talking about loss number two or the fact that the Eagles still have the best record in all of football? All right, I got them uh... – so they have the ball, 21-20, opportunity to try to close out the game. And uh, they drive down, they kick a field goal, make it difficult for the Titans to come back and score a touchdown the other way. Titans have like a minute to do so, can't do it. Eagles win 24-20. 24-20 birds, right on the numbers, <laughs> matter of fact, it's four and a half. But if you're going to use that at point, all three of us, Johnny Mack and I both said, John picked the Titans. I picked the Eagles by a field goal. You got them by four. So we're uh, saying under the number, but at least you got them going to 11 and one. Jimmy, good stuff. Always a pleasure, buddy. We'll get you back on in a couple of weeks. Thanks for jumping into the mix today. Appreciate it, guys. That's Jim Kemsky from phillyvoice.com here with us on Birds 365. All right, Barrett. I'm not going to make you make your pick just yet. I know you're sticking around. Uh, you and Tone are going to do the last uh, 15 minutes together. I got to jump over to CBS Sports Radio. Uh, I've got Eagles winning 23-20. Johnny Mack had Tennessee 24-23. What? Kemsky, we're all around the same score. Kemsky had Eagles 24-20. I'd love to know what you're going to pick, but I want you to hold on to your pick, and then I want you to give it to Tone. You and Tone are going to do the last segment together. Just give me a little preview, a little hint. Going to be close. 
I, I don't. I think they're going to win by a touchdown. Put it like touchdown. that. Touchdown. All right. Barrett's got them winning and covering. Neither none of the other three of us did. But keep it here. Barrett's going to bring you home. Tone's going to jump in. Uh, guide the ship for the final segment. You know, John and I will be back on Monday to talk. Appreciate you, Jody. No, Barrett. I appreciate you. Thank you for filling in. Barrett's coming back with Tone. Keep it right here on Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh. And go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Welcome back to the final stretch of Birds 365. I'm your guy, Tone DeShields II, and I'm here with the big fella, the man, the myth, the legend, B. Brooks. How you Tone, feeling? what up, what up, what up, what up, man? What you got going, man? I, I see you coming on the, uh, you know, front and center right now, man, making this happen. Let's go. Let's go. You know, we got about 15 minutes. Let's talk, man. Let's talk. Hey, listen, hey, listen we got a power 15 minutes, man. Uh, so, look, B. Brooks, I, 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 I've been thinking about this, and... 
first and foremost, thank you so much for showing love as always. But I've, I've been thinking about this, right? If it came down to it, if the Eagles said, hey, we need an extra old lineman, but we don't know who to call. <laughs> we need somebody that done it before. We need somebody that's done it on a high level, on the highest of levels. We need somebody with the experience, the pedigree, the moxie, the swagger, the juice. You know what? I know a guy, B. Brooks. If they gave you a call, how many reps do you think you would have in you? I'll how many you, reps I, do you think you would have in the tank, the good brother B. Brooks? I'm gonna tell you, I'll give you, I'll give you one drive. If the drive was like maybe the game winning drive, eight <laughs> plays. I got you eight plays. We get to that ninth play, nine and a half. No way, no way, man. It, them, them real men out there now, man. You're going against guys like Jordan Davis. Come on, man. Linville Joseph, I'm not trying to do that these days, bro. Although I did play against real, the real deal players, man. Like even these defensive end these days, you know, they still don't, to me they still don't hold a candle to what I played against. My first couple of years in the league, I had Chris Dolman. I played against Pat Swilling, Derek Thomas, the best defensive uh, in edge rusher I've ever um, that ever played the game, and 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 the Reverend, you know, Mister White. Gritty, gritty guy. Um, I played against Lloyd Green. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Bruce Smith, Leslie O'Neill. I mean, top quality defensive ends that I mean, Michael Strahan. You know, the, the list goes on and on and on. I play against guys that have gold jackets, you know, the, the Leon Lex of the world, the Charles Haley's of the world. That was like an everyday Sunday with me. These guys get maybe every once in a while, they'll get a guy to go have a gold jacket. Me. It, it took like my first my first six or seven years of my career. I played against guys, at least five to six guys that would have gold jackets on later on in their lives. You know, so the quality that I went against and I played against was well beyond the players that these guys are playing. Even Aaron Donald, you say Aaron Donald's great. I mean, I, I'll go John Randall or or Leon Lett. I, I put him up against you know, one of those two guys. You know, that's the quality of player that I played against when I was playing, man. I mean, bona fide Hall of Fame type of defensive ends and defensive tackles. So, like you like you just laid out, you've been through plenty of battles in the trenches. You're, you're battle tested. You've been through plenty, plenty wars. So, I got to ask you this. From a former O-Lima's perspective, how would or how should the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line handle what the Titans do well? And that's run the ball with Derrick Henry. From an old lineman's perspective, you're there. You're a tackle for the for the Tennessee Titans. And you're going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. What do the Philadelphia Eagles need to do to take advantage of you being on that offensive line for the Tennessee Titans? I'll tell you what, penetration kills all run plays, man. They got to get up the field, penetrate. <clears throat> and when you penetrate, you get enough penetration, you make Derrick Henry start and stop his feet. You know, you let him get full head of steam going, it's going to be hard to bring that big fella down. You must make him stop, redirect. The only way you can do that if you set edges and 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 and, and stop uh, penetration, I mean, get penetration up the field. And I believe they can do it. You know, Kevin was right. You know, you take and you put Linville Joseph over the nose, put Davis over, over you know, the four-eye or three technique over the guard and put Sue over the other guard. Maybe put Fletcher Cox outside at the end position and maybe Javon Hargrave or the other end position. When you put a defense like that up there, that's a lot of beef up front. 
You may not be able to rush the passer. Well, you probably could, you know, with Fletcher Cox being outside and Hargraves being outside. And then, you know, you got Sue on the inside. But can you imagine having a 50 front with those five guys on the field? Fletcher Cox, Hargraves, Linville Joseph, Sue, and Davis. That's huge. You know, that's the opposite of a NASCAR front. I don't know what you would call that. You would call that um, a Bigfoot front or, or you know, what, what, what do you call it? The, <laughs> the big tire front. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? The, you know, the, what, what the Angus the front. The Angus. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's a front right there. You could definitely stop any run, you know, and that, that's probably one of, you know, the goal line situations. They'll probably have that lineup in there. But they have the athletes. They have the guys that could stop this running game. And I think – I know, not I think, I know that they're going to be able to do it. You know, they're going to stop – they're going to stop Henry from getting this full head of steam going. Because once he gets that full head of steam going, you got those smaller guys. You got guys, you know, start making business decisions. Now, one thing I will say, Reed Blankenship, he's playing on borrowed time. So, you know, he's like, you know what? He's going to come up – what? I'm telling you right now, he's going to come up and crack – Henry, trust me, because he don't know any better. He don't know anybody. He's too young or dumb to know anybody. You don't know what you he, don't know. Exactly. So he's trying to go and make a name for himself. And this is how you make a name for yourself. Reed Blankenship is going to lose sleep on Saturday night, dreaming about being able to meet head-to-head Henry, King Henry in the middle of the hole. And he comes up and cracks him, almost like Steve Atwater and Christian DeCoyer in the middle of the field, clash of the Titans. Crack. That's what so I do see, I, man. So do I smell a hot take? Are you saying Reed Blankenship is going to force a fumble on Derrick Henry? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying he's going to come up and hit him right in the mouth. Now, I don't know how <laughs> the results are going to be, you know what I'm saying? Because you got, you know, you got physics. There's physics involved with this, you know what I'm saying? You know, you got this big dude coming downhill, and once something's in motion, it tends to want to stay in motion. But, hey, you got a guy that just don't care. He's on borrow time. He just he knows he's out on the field, and he wants to make a huge impression. So my impression is Reed Blankenship comes downhill and has the hit of the century against King Henry. <laughs> okay. Now let's, now let's flip to the other side of the ball, the side, the side that you're very familiar with, the Eagles offensive line. Now, the Tennessee Titans, they're ranked third in the league in terms of defending the run. They're not, get, they're not giving them no more than 90 yards on the ground, which is amazing at this, at this juncture of the season, right? So former O-Lama's perspective, What's the mentality that these guys should have going into this game? Not just the players, but also the coaches. Because, again, even though they're stopping the run, I'm, the, I'm of the mindset of I don't care what you're good at. I'm going to dictate what I want to do, and then I'm going to make you stop. And you got to prove to me every single week that those numbers make sense. That's my mindset. Yep. I, don't care, I don't care what your record is, how many points you put up, how many guys, you, how many guys you're able to stop in the run game. you got to show me every time we play that, you, that, that, that you're that guy. You know, I'm pretty sure you've seen the old meme – Oh, uh, that's been circulating back in the day. Hey, hey, you buddy, you're not that guy. You're not that right, guy. Exactly. You need to show me that you're that guy. So, well, see that. And, what's and the that, mentality and the, of the offensive line? And that's team? the beauty. That's the beauty of this 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 Eagles team. They they have their bread and butter, and that's running rock. And they're not going to deter anybody from from allowing them not to run the rock. You know, we talk about a defense. The last two times the Eagles have played um, the Saints, they have been the number one defense against the run. And Jalen Hurts is that that X factor, man. They're able to run the ball against the you know these teams, even though they're number one. You look at a team like um, Denver last year. Denver was like a top five defense against the run. They had over two hundred yards rushing on them. Um, the Saints were number one. They had over two hundred forty yards on them. 
They run the ball when they want to run the ball. And it's basically that number one offensive line going against whoever they got there. But it's also the mentality that this team feels as though Jalen Hurts is the X factor. He can he's the he's the de facto guy that he can go in there and make things happen that teams cannot stop. They can't do anything about it. You can't account for him in a number count when it comes to running the ball because when when he can run the ball, that means you have an extra blocker with the running back. And that's what makes it work, you know, for this Eagles team. He is such a good athlete also that he can make guys miss. He's such a strong athlete, squatting 600 pounds, that he can even run through guys. Now, he, we know that, you know, we don't want our starting quarterback out there taking hits or giving hits. We understand that. But this is the time where you start jockeying for position in the playoffs. And it's imperative that if this Eagles team wants to make it to the playoffs, I mean, uh, make it to the, um, the, 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 the Super Bowl, they must be that number one seed. The road must go through Philadelphia in the playoffs. If they can go through Philadelphia, it'll be smooth sailing, but they must go through Philadelphia. And the only way they can do that is they can become the number one seed, get that week off, and then be the number one seed going forward. And that's why I think this game is a must-win game for them. You know, for obvious reasons that you laid out, but also for me, you prove that you can stop anyone on the ground. If there's, if, if there's the the top echelon, the upper echelon of running backs in the NFL, Derrick Henry right there. Oh, he so, is it, yes. So, 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 if you can prove that you can stop Derrick Henry, that's a huge confidence confidence booster for your defense, your front seven, as a matter of fact. And then on top of that, you also prove that your strengths outweigh your weaknesses. You know, we all know the Philadelphia Eagles have struggled with stopping the run this year, but if you can do it against the best of the best, then you feel like you can do it against anybody. Like I said, and on top of that, hurt to get that high quality victory, that high quality win on his resume, which for some reason people feel always love to lay out that he doesn't have. Right. So, you know, do you believe this is a must win game? Do you believe that this game can really, you know, turn the tide for the Philadelphia Eagles? Is this a corner turning game? It's a statement. It's a statement game. Uh And it's going to it's going to put every team that runs the rock on notice that the Eagles going to face coming up pretty soon. I mean, we still got to play Dallas. They run the rock. Chicago. Uh, We got to play Chicago. We got to play. We got to play the Giants. You know, we still have teams that run the ball efficiently, and, and, and the knock has been on this team that they cannot stop the run. Best believe Gannon's going to have those guys pissed off and ready to rock because everybody's saying that they they don't they they don't match up well against this this Titans team. You know, the Titans are going to beat them because they can't stop the run. Hey, B. Bruce, let me ask you a question real quick. You brought up Gannon, right? And the Eagles have a lot of beef, like we always mention. Uh, you know, on you know on on that defensive line. Linville Joseph, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Adam Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, so on and so forth. They got a lot of beef, a lot of size, a lot of money on that defensive front. But Jonathan Gannon's mentality, mentality, his philosophy, the way he approaches the game, it kind of takes away from what those guys are capable of, right? And even though we know from a talent perspective, those guys are top-notch. Those guys are big bodies. They can move anybody around. Can Jonathan Gannon be the Achilles heel of this defensive line because of his commitment to his philosophy and his scheme? Well, at this point, his philosophy is going to be that, all right, you need to get the job done. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a problem here. And he knows and understands what he has to do now. You know, it's not a philosophy-based 
defense when you're going up against teams that you know what their philosophy is. You got to do what's going to get you get it done to win the game. And I think that's what Gannon will do. He knows that he has to stop the run, so he knows he's going to have to go out there and maybe run some run blitzes. See, we say we. I think if we had Gannon, if, if Gannon was a first-year coach this year and we don't know anything about what happened last year and we look at what he's done this year, we'd be mentioning him with the upper echelon defensive coaches, you know, the Emmett, the Emmett um, Thomases that have been here, the, the you know, the, the Jimmy Johnsons that have been here, um, you know, the, the, you know, those upper echelon defenses that we see, the Buddy Ryan defenses. Because the numbers and statistics point towards this this defense being very, very good. But we know what happened last year, and our mentality is, all right, we're going to always go back to that, that bend but don't break. Have everything happen in front of it, then go down and corral it and stop it. He has the athletes, yes, to go out there and play more aggressively, but he just wants to win the game. So you're going to do whatever to win the game. Like I said, his defensive numbers are we would be – mentioning him as a, having a great year, a great season, but we always revert back to what he did last year and making a comparison of what he's doing this year. I think Gannon has, has, has done you know, well this year at going out there and optimizing the talent that he has uh, on the field. Yes, he could play a little tighter man-to-man because he has the cornerbacks to do it. But right now, I mean, we, don't, we really are downplaying how much of a factor Vontae Magnix not being in the slot has done to this defense. You know, he had guys, you know, that Josiah Scott in there. You know, those aren't guys that he wants to play that type of defense. But when they had him there, they played a more aggressive style of defense when they had Avante Maddox there. You can't do that now when you have guys that just don't know. Plus, he took a guy, C.J. Garner-Johnson, put him in a position that um, he hadn't played before. So I think Gannon has done uh, quite a well uh, – a well-done job of getting things done and getting this team going in the right direction as far as defensively. This will be a big call on his, on his, on his record. This will be a huge, huge um, game for me and looking at Gannon to see how can he go out there and engineer a defense to stop the number one rushing running back in the league. Hey, to your point, right? My mom always told me whenever she gave me a list of things to do, she said, look, I don't care how you get it done. Just no get question. it done. Yes, Just yes, get yes, it yes. done, okay? I don't care what you call me as long as you call me. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we got a minute left in the show. I got to get your prediction. Philadelphia Eagles facing off with the with the Tennessee Titans week 13. Your Eagles are 10-1. and one. Tennessee Titans are 7-4. and four. Both these teams lead their division. Both these teams are trying to finish the season off strong. How do you think this game turns out for the Philadelphia Eagles? I'm going 27-20, Eagles win. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of field goals, a lot of field goals on on, on, on the tight side of the ball. They're going to bend. They're not going to break. And uh, you're going to be a couple, you know, field goals, but the Eagles win by a touchdown, 27-20. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, 24-17 Eagles. Uh, like you said, I think, I think it's going to be a gritty game at first, but I think the Eagles pull away uh, in that second half. So, yeah, man, this is going to be really exciting. B. Brooks, as always, my man, I appreciate you always for being gracious, for always taking the time out uh, to not just chat with me, but also, you know, taking that time off of Birds 365, my man. I know you got a, a, a full slate today with the Sports Takes guys. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, I know those guys will keep you on your toes. So, no B. Question. Brooks, as always, no we appreciate you, my man. Appreciate it, TD. Definitely, definitely. Hey, listen, you guys, y'all heard it here first. B. Brooks said it. Touchdown win for the Philadelphia Eagles. So make sure you guys continue to smash that like button. Make sure you guys continue to stay engaged on Jacob Sports. 
And also, make sure you guys check out Sports Take Guys and the National Football Show. Man, it's a big it's a big weekend, you guys. Can it feel the pull it off? We'll find out. You guys were locked in on Birds 365. I'm your guy, Tony. This is the second. I was here with the former NFL guy, the former offensive lineman, the big guy, the big fella, Bear Brooks. <laughs> Take care, you guys. One love, stay humble, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay hungry. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.